Welcome to Home Office. I'm Mark Legier. And I'm Trevor Nichols. Hello, Trevor. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, actually, and doing very well. Um, I have to confess, though, uh, I'm, 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 I'm cheating a little bit on, uh, on, on my situation here now. I'm actually, uh, I've escaped from the city, Trevor, and oh. I'm hunkered down at my cottage about 30 minutes outside the city. So you're taking social distancing very seriously, I guess. <laughs> very seriously, yes. Yeah, we've actually got uh, Wi-Fi hooked up out there, and, uh, and and Janet and the kids and I are out there uh, with some extended family, and uh, so we're kind of working. Uh, or, or we've extended the the concept of home office uh, to <laughs> cottage office, home cottage <laughs> office, yeah. Yeah, so I, I now wake up every morning and 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 stare out at the uh, Saint John River and uh, and work some out of there. And also, we're now actually Trevor back in our offices here in New Brunswick. We're able to do that, so I'm actually doing the podcast with you out of our office uh, in Uptown Saint John here. Yes, I'm very jealous. I still wake up every morning and look out over the parking lot uh, out of my apartment window. So <laughs> I don't have anything quite as majestic as a river, but I am sort of smack dab in the middle of uh, of downtown Dartmouth here. So I'm I'm living and breathing all of the changes that are going on for sure. Right. And so, you know, that's what we're here to talk about today, Trevor, because now, you know, I, I felt bad talking to you and Derek over the last, you know, several weeks because New Brunswick was starting to open up uh, and Nova Scotia uh, still hadn't started to take those steps. And, uh, and now you have. We have. Uh, and it's about time. Let me tell you, Mark, we have all just been hungry, hungry, hungry for this. And, and so, I mean, today, what we want to, we, what we want to talk about, and I know this is, you know, still very much a work in progress and it's, it's still one in New Brunswick as well is particularly the, the opening up in, in our downtowns, you know, in, in, in St. John, in Fredericton and Moncton and, uh, and Halifax and, and Dartmouth, um, and, uh, you know, the conversation that we're going to have today is a lot around uh, trying to reopen businesses in, in largely in our urban cores, like around, you know, the restaurants and, and the bars and, and the public spaces, but do it in a way that, you know, feels safe for everyone, still sort of honors uh, those physical distancing uh, protocols that we all have to pay attention to. But, but at the same time, you know, we have to make our businesses work at the, at, at the same time. Yeah, it's it's sort of a, a delicate balance that I think our our policymakers have been have been trying to sort of walk this tightrope. But uh, in Halifax, anyway, we're starting to really kind of get going with these openings. We uh, we had our big June fifth opening date for Nova Scotia businesses last week, um, and we saw over the weekend a whole bunch of restaurants open up, a whole bunch of gyms open up, a whole bunch of uh, uh, massage parlors and all kinds of stuff like that, all under, of course, very specific um, social distancing measures, but open nonetheless. Right. So uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, just kind of being out and about on on the weekend in Halifax after uh, the restrictions were lifted. Um, what was it like walking the streets? Were you seeing people on patios? Yeah, I mean... Because we're in Halifax, of course, it just rained pretty much straight <laughs> Thursday or Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, of course. But uh, in those moments where we we sort of got a little bit of clear sky, there were definitely people out. Um, lots of restaurants have their patios open, and I saw lots of people out on patios. 
Um, I know that people were even, you know, going back to the gyms and, and doing all that stuff as well. I think people, people were out in as much force as, uh, as they could be, which is interesting because I know that, you know, for me and I, for a lot of other people, I think we're still kind of nervous about this whole COVID thing, right? Like we're still kind of trepidatious about going into public spaces and, and sitting down to eating. It all feels kind of weird, but we, we want it so badly. I think that we're, we're getting out and we're, we're uh, giving these businesses our business whenever we can. Right. Now, you know, and I know like from my own point of view, um, you know, even though, you know, as I said earlier, uh, you know, we, we've kind of made, made the move to, to our cottage outside the city for the summer, you know, we still spend quite a bit of time in, in the core. And I know, you know, since things have opened up in, in, in New Brunswick, you know, it's, it's been a bit slow, right? Like, so you have restaurants that are actually able to open up their dining rooms again and have physical distancing. But, you know, but some of the popular ones that I still go to personally, uh, you know, I think of, of, uh, of a, a sushi place uh, on, on King Street here in St. John, you know, they still haven't opened their actual restaurant. They, yeah. they have, you know, the, the takeout window is there, um, it, but, but haven't actually opened up their restaurant. And I think that's been the case with a lot of places, even though things have opened up. Um, I go into, you know, one brew pub quite regularly, you know, just to, to pick up some beer. And, you know, that place is really, you know, bustling. It's a uh, pick downtown. Now, when I say bustling, I mean bustling, COVID-19 bustling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get pick in trouble here. Um, uh, but it's, it's on Canterbury Street here. But, you know, it's, it's filled to the capacity that it can, right? Like they've had to, you know, go to 50%. But, but, you know, it's full of people who are eager to get back out. And, um, and so I've been into places like that here in St. John, but, but we're still very much in that, that mode where we're all not quite sure and things are opening up slowly. And I mean, one of the things I wanted to, you know, it's a good tee up for our conversation here is I think, you know, you and I want to touch on a couple of broad themes here, which is something that we're, but we're seeing in all of uh, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia's major urban centers, which is, and opening up of the streets, right? Closing off of streets, um, growing the sides of patios. Uh, and this is all around trying to create physical distancing. Uh, you know, and I'd like to, you know, catch up with you on what's going on in Halifax and Dartmouth, and we can talk about New Brunswick. Uh, but also, I think you and I will also want to talk about, you know, because we're both, you know, urban people. We, we you know, and we, we circulate in urban cores. Uh, and, you know, we're looking to see, if some of these changes that actually uh, are happening now because of COVID-19 uh, become permanent ones, uh, you know, around making our cores more walkable and pedestrian and bike friendly, uh, taking advantage of creating more street life. Um, so I'm, you know, keen to have that conversation with you about what's what's going on in Halifax and, and Dartmouth and, you know, sharing a bit of what's going on here in New Brunswick. Um, but I think probably, Trevor, it's probably a good place for us to start is, you know, maybe let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Halifax and in, in Dartmouth in terms of, you know, the policies, uh, you know, in in the city region to try to try and kind of accomplish this. Yeah, and I, I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, Mark. But I know that um, there's a lot of policymakers right now and urban planners who, uh, obviously, acknowledging that COVID has been horrible, but are sort of very very excited about the possibilities of of what they might be able to do in the sort of post-COVID world. As far as what they've already done, um, here in Halifax, they have sort of a, you know, a phased plan of how they're going to 
create more space on streets, just like you say, to to give people more space to walk around in these urban cores, right? Um, one of the big things they did is one of our main streets in Halifax, Spring Garden Road, one of the sort of main commercial drags here, they, uh, they've basically extended the sidewalks out into the streets. You know, they haven't actually paved new sidewalks or anything, but they've set up, you know, physical barriers and stuff to basically cut down the, the size of the road and open up the size of the sidewalks. So nice big sidewalks on Spring Garden Road, just a little bit of space for, for cars and buses and whatnot, but making that, that way, way more pedestrian friendly. And then, of course, we have a, another street here in Halifax, Argyle Street, which um, can temporarily close down. You know, they do it sometimes for events. They do it sometimes for concerts and whatnot on the weekends. But they've now just gone ahead and shut that down to vehicle traffic completely. They've got these little temporary barriers that they've closed up. And you've got this whole, the whole street has just been given over to pedestrians. Um, those are those are sort of the the main things they've done now. But I know there is a lot more conversations in the works um, about closing off whole streets down uh, on the Dartmouth side of Halifax on Portland Street, maybe closing off some more streets uh, around the Quinpool area or extending streets there. So um, the whole idea is to you know give people more ways to get outside while social distancing, while frequenting the businesses. I I get the impression from our city planners that they have a lot more in store, but as far as the first phase goes, that's kind of where we're at in Halifax. Now you're, I know you're both, you know, uh, you living, living in the downtown in Dartmouth and, and spending a lot of time in Halifax, but you're also you know, a car driver and a car owner, Trevor. Um, <laughs> Reluctantly, <and> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you feel personally about that? Like, is, is this something that gets, gets you excited about, uh, you know, about being able to en- enjoy the city more? Like, is, is this something that you appreciate seeing yourself? Yeah, you know, it's funny because it wasn't something I thought a whole lot about. I mean, I, I live, my wife and I live uh, in a, con- like, right in the middle of downtown Dartmouth, specifically because we don't like to drive very much. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I, I want to be out of my car as much as possible. But, but honestly, it's over the last couple of weeks as I've been talking to some you know urban planners and some some you know people who are involved with business improvement districts and whatnot um these people are so excited about the possibility of of really uh opening up cities to be way more pedestrian friendly and their their excitement has kind of like infected me so i i feel like i'm now just like a a huge booster for this you know tear up the pavement everywhere close down all the streets bring it on i'm in i'm up for it and you're gonna put that car up for sale if my wife lets me, for sure. <laughs> um, how about uh, how about you know both residents and and businesses? Like, how much uh, do you think people there are embracing this idea of you know at least for the period of working our way through COVID nineteen uh, and the restrictions? How do they feel about loosening things up and creating more space on the streets? Yeah, I mean, the impression I get is. Uh, business owners, I would say probably 75% of them are very much in favor of let's make streets more pedestrian friendly. Let's, uh, you know, let's limit the amount of cars in certain areas, especially, you know, restaurant businesses and whatnot. There are a few who are a little hesitant about that. We hear the arguments a lot about, you know, um, people need to be able to drive downtown. People need to be able to park in order to get to my business. And also there's some who are worried about, 
being able to load and unload uh, their stock and what a closed street might mean for that. So there are some concerns and some people are pretty vocal about that. But for, based on my conversations with business owners, anyway, I think that people are more for it than against it. Uh, and I think that's probably even more true for just the general public. <laughs> if you're not one of the people who specifically drives downtown for work to park, I, I think you're probably in favor of being a little more walk walk pedestrian friendly in Halifax, you know, because, you know, especially in the summer, we have a couple uh, streets downtown that are still pretty major arteries for cars and they're pretty loud. You know, they're pretty stinky sometimes. Uh, and I know it's kind of a constant complaint here in Halifax that, you, you know, you can't sit on a patio anywhere without getting fumes from a bus driving by. So I think people are, are on board for this. What about in, uh, what about in New Brunswick? Well, you know, in New Brunswick, it's 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 somewhat you know it's somewhat mixed, right? Like you, mm. you look at um, I'm just thinking of some of the things that have you know happened recently. Oh, and by the way, just a, a I think on Main Street in Moncton, this this may be a bit different, but in in the rest of I say in St. John in particular, uh, most of the restaurants and the patios are off, like just off Main Thoroughfares, but so not as much of a problem with you know kind of billowing bus smoke <laughs> exhaust. So, so that's an interesting one. I'm, 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 I, we, don't, we don't experience that as much here. But but I guess, you know, when you think about New Brunswick and I think about some of the things that happened have happened recently. So if you even take something like um, a really small popular tourist town uh, like St. Andrews, which is, you know, a smaller town and, and is not one of the major centers in New Brunswick, but as a major tourism center, you know, they just recently announced that they're going to shut down their main street to vehicle traffic entirely um, for the, for the summer season. And of course they're going to be getting mostly New Brunswickers coming there to St. Andrews this year and probably, and hopefully people from around the Maritimes, um, which is a whole other conversation in itself around opening our borders. But what they did in advance is they set things up so that they, they talked to private, um, you know, owners uh, in the area that had, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of parking and said, you know, if we, if we take away, you know, 70 spots on main street and make it, you know, um, and, and shut it down, uh, shut it down for parking and make it like more of a pedestrian friendly street, uh, can people park elsewhere? Um, mm. and so they actually managed to find parking spaces to replace what would have been there on main street, uh, in, in Moncton, after much debate, uh, they they decided to make that street uh, one way um, for the summer, and that's a two way main thoroughfare going right through downtown Moncton. In the same way that um, the 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 uh, there's that main street cutting through St Andrews uh, to create you know more space for bikes, uh, more patios. Um, in Fredericton, what they decided to do is uh, they didn't they haven't closed down any streets in Fredericton. And, you know, the, and Fredericton's had some issues just over the last couple of years with construction downtown and and obstructing vehicle traffic. And, you know, it's the same thing in downtown Halifax, right? You've had that same conversation around the disruption of traffic. Yeah. And so what they decided to do in Fredericton is they're not going to shut down any streets. But what the city has done is they've created... Um, a table, table, extra table seating in, in public squares on the north side of the, of Fredericton and on the south side in Fredericton. And, um, and they're actually going to dedicate city staff to keeping those sort of bistro style tables and areas, uh, clean huh. as additional seating space for 
area restaurants, uh, which is huge in, 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 you know, in both uh, the north side of Fredericton and downtown Fredericton because things are so, uh, that restaurant culture in Fredericton in particular is, uh, is so important and, and say, so popular. Was there any push from Fredericton, you know, restaurant owners to actually just go ahead and shut down streets? Is that a conversation that was happening over there? Or I'm not, you know, I'm not as intimately familiar with, um, with, with that debate in Fredericton. I do know that, that, you know, and I had a conversation with the mayor about this a couple of weeks ago, they just decided to move away from that in, entirely. And I think Fredericton, the idea of shutting those streets and for, there's a certain benefit and an advantage in Fredericton because they do have those public spaces that are right downtown near those restaurants. Yeah. Um, so they are able to actually easily create that additional seating and 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 not have to do something like shut down streets uh in saint john um uh it's 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 still very much a work in progress um there's there you know there there's a main boardwalk that has you know natural a lot of natural patio seating outside it's a main boardwalk area that you know includes you know popular restaurants like saint john ale house and 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 peppers uh, and lemongrass, a Thai restaurant. Um, there are also some popular restaurants on side streets, and there is still there are no decisions around doing any street closures in St. John uh, yet. Um, and, but but the debate is very much there. They just did put out a public survey. Uh, the city did sort of canvassing for public opinions on what they should do. But I know in St. John, in particular downtown in the uptown area. Because uh, that's in Trevor, we call our downtown uptown. <laughs> that's a whole, <laughs> a whole other debate. You guys all have downtowns, and we have an uptown. Um, got to be different over there in St. John. They do exactly. We do have to be different in St. John, and this is one of our ways, <laughs> one of our many <laughs> peculiar ways. Um, is is the restaurant owners were pushing back a little bit because they they have a lot of um, a very strong takeout business. Obviously, as all restaurants do during COVID nineteen, and they really wanted that to keep that, those customers able to, you know, drive up, park, go in and pick up their, their food and, and, uh, and, and, um, conveniently. Uh, so, and also in St. John too, and, uh, St. Johners are going to hate me for saying this. And I'd be curious to know how things shake out in Halifax during the summer, Trevor. Um, we have a lot of fog. It's, it's one of St. John's, you know, best kept secrets. <laughs> <laughs> And so he, I mean, here it's a little bit different than it is in Moncton or Fredericton and, and you know, Halifax and, and Dartmouth where there's, there's still, you know, the, the, the strongest restaurants, uh, the strongest restaurant business, even in, in the summertime is indoors uh, because you just, it could be, you know, 30 degrees and sunny, uh, five minutes outside of the uptown area. And, uh, but in, in, in the uptown, uh, we are absolutely uh, encased in, in, in dense fog. <laughs> Mark, are you trying to bait me into an argument about which maritime city is the best? Because you're just sort of laying it right out there for me. <laughs> well, no, but Trevor, I have to. I mean, I have to do my sales job on St. John. Um, natural air conditioning. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, yeah, and actually, I have one very close friend who's also a strong, you know, sort of urban, um, you know, activist and wants people living in, and and. Uh, and doing things in the city center, um, he thinks you know it's it it is it's a natural advantage for that reason, um, and also there is also the romance factor. 
Trevor. Uh, the uh, romance of seeing well, John. Me, You're going to have to yeah. do some real legwork on that one, Mark. Well, you know, you know, think, think, think London, think San Francisco, right? <laughs> that the atmosphere that fog brings to to a city. Um, you know, St. John has that naturally. And, yeah, and uh, I and mean, when, I, and I can't talk either because I live right by the harbor in Halifax and we pretty much have a, a permanent mist that just kind of rolls off the water at all times. So I don't think we're any better here. Yeah, so we have to we have to sell our we have to sell our advantages. Um, but I, but I must confess though, and I will I will confess it here. It is part of the reason why we spend more time at our cottage during the summer. <laughs> Although I tell you that the the Saint John fog is so powerful and pervasive that it quite often makes it makes its way right up the river system, and we can be thirty minutes outside the city, and we can be absolutely encased in fog up the Saint John River. Uh, in the same way, you know, the Halifax, the Halifax airport area and that whole air, that whole section outside Halifax can be encased in fog. Um, so, but enough about fog because, uh, you know, I, I, people are going to think that I'm trying to drive people away from, from St. John and to the other cities. You're treading in dangerous waters over there. (laughs) I am definitely. Um, well, Trevor, I think it's probably a good point to introduce a couple of voices that we have uh, from the Halifax area, because I think, you know, we at this point in the conversation, I think it'd be nice to be able to to turn this, uh, you know, towards you know a, a future looking thing of maybe this is how, you know, to a certain degree, COVID-19 is actually going to, to change the way we think about, you know, how pedestrian friendly our cities are. So uh, tee up the, the first person you talk to from Dartmouth. Yeah, so and, and this is something that I think a lot of people uh, are really excited about in our city. So uh, I'm gonna we're gonna play a clip from Tim Rosesco. He's the executive director of Downtown Dartmouth, which is sort of like a a business improvement organization that's just trying to, um, you know, promote Downtown Dartmouth and and you know uh, grow its businesses and and all that kind of stuff. So he's the executive director, uh, and he's talking about how some of the changes that could be coming in the wake of COVID-19 might sort of live on after the pandemic is over and what that might look like in our cities. So why don't we just go ahead and hear from Tim right now? That's what the opportunity is in this crisis, is, is to re-envision how we use our public spaces, like the, the public right away, the streets. Um, you know, there, there's the possibility that... Uh, particularly in a, in, a, in a neighborhood like Dartmouth, where we'll find that there's more pedestrians and more cyclists mm. as, as people, you know, begin to commute differently to work. So we may need to use our streets differently for that. We may need to um, use um, our sidewalks and streets for dining. Um, you know, if people want to, to uh, be socially distanced for others. So all these changes are, are things that we could adopt uh, going forward and, in, in a you know brave new world. So so Trevor, one of the things that uh, I mean, I am interested in in hearing uh, you know your thoughts on on what Tim has to say. But one of the things I first notice here is you know there still is this distinction between uh, Halifax and Dartmouth, even though it is uh, largely one big region. So how how does uh, Tim see things uh, you know evolving for downtown Dartmouth? Well, I think for a lot of people, especially those of us who live in downtown Dartmouth, we kind of see Dartmouth as a sort of little darling of the HRM. Um, It's sometimes not entirely facetiously referred to as the Brooklyn of Halifax. (laughs) So it's a very up and coming 
sort of uh, business district here. We've got a lot of really interesting new businesses and restaurants and bars coming in. Um, and, you know, of course, they're all they're all being hit by COVID-19. And, and Tim sort of has this grand vision of of closing down uh, sort of the main one of the main streets right in the middle of downtown Dartmouth, just completely shutting it off to vehicle traffic, putting picnic tables in the middle of the street, adding little bistro patios here and there to really kind of create this almost what he calls like a, a plaza right in the middle of, of this sort of bustling little mini urban center of, of HRM. It's a, it's a pretty bold vision, but it, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to, to see what that's going to look like this summer. And, and if that, carries on into, you know, what he calls the brave new world. So has the, you know, I know we, you know, you, you kind of joke about the, um, that, that idea of, of, you know, downtown Dartmouth being like, uh, being like a little, a little, uh, Brooklyn, but it's, it's funny cause actually we actually published a piece a couple of years ago on that. And I mean, do you see yourself from living there? I mean, you, you've, you've been there for a little while now. Do you see that, that kind of evolution yourself of, you know, Dartmouth into this very pedestrian friendly, lots of cool restaurants, um, great residential areas, good recreation. Like, do you, do you, do you, uh, see what Tim sees in terms of, uh, you know, us coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic and actually seeing it impact Dartmouth in the long run? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Because, you know, some of this stuff is already happening, right? It's very common in cities, and this happens in downtown Dartmouth as well, to close off a street for a weekend or a day and uh, have, you know, a festival or a street festival or a performance or a concert or something. And I see this happening more and more, not just in my little area of Dartmouth, but in Halifax too. So I, I definitely think there's a a real push towards doing this more often both from planners and from people like me who just enjoy that atmosphere. Uh, so I, I think it's already kind of happening and it's going to happen more this summer because of COVID-19, no question. And what I think gets people like Tim really excited is the idea that this could be a time, a chance to do some really interesting experimenting. You know, One of the things that so often holds back kind of bold, changes and bold policy moves. It's just the idea that it, it would never work. There's too many obstacles. And, you know, caveat here, of course, COVID-19 has been awful for a lot of people and it, it's caused a lot of a lot of hurt and harm and all that kind of stuff. If you want to look for silver lining though, is that it has forced us to make some pretty extreme changes pretty quickly. And in a lot of cases, they're working really well. And it's kind of shown us that the, the kind of sort of bold moves that people have been craving are not, might not be as hard as we thought they would be. And so when Tim talks about the brave new world, I think that's what he's talking about. He's, he's seeing that, you know, we're going to make some pretty extreme changes this summer because of COVID-19, but because we were sort of forced in a position where we had to make them, we can now see how they're going to work, see that they might not be as scary as a lot of people thought. And hopefully from Tim's perspective and from a lot of other people's, you know, they'll carry forward. Yeah, no, I mean, and it, 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 it's, it's a really good point. And, and I think about, you know, I've been living essentially in uptown St. John uh, for most of my adult life, right. Since I moved back here from, from Toronto in, in the, uh, in the mid nineties. And, and I'd moved from a Toronto that had, you know, very vibrant uh, downtown that's just, you know, grown immeasurably since. And, 
but I had that I had that feeling when I moved back that I wanted to live in that kind of, you know, vibrant place that had a lot of street life. And so, you know, and over the last, I'd say 20, you know, 20 to 25 years um, of being back here, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, especially in St. John, the Trevor, like local entrepreneurs, you know, took initiative and created kind of outdoor uh, street festivals and, you know, and, and the ones that I think of that are quite prominent and probably the most recent one is a highly successful one uh, downtown here called uh, Moonlight Bazaar, where they've, you know, they've closed off uh, streets in, in the uptown and, and created an outdoor festival, uh, even just for an evening. And thousands of people flock, uh, flocked into the uptown. Um, you know, to, to take part in that. And, and I think of similar festivals that have happened here in St. John over the last 20 years. Um, but the, the, the point that I, I'm kind of trying to make is that those were very, you know, entrepreneur driven, uh, really, you know, pushing the city to make the right, the right allowances, right. In terms of, you know, shutting down the streets and, you know, allowing for, um, you know, uh, alcoholic drinks to be served, uh, you know, in certain parts on the closed off streets. And, but it always, you know, for the last 20 years, it's felt like that was like, those were huge, you know, bureaucratic, uh, moves that needed to be made. And, and it was kind of entrepreneurs here that in the uptown that were really pushing the city. And what I find really encouraging is that, you know, the cities, the city governments themselves are, are opening up, uh, and allowing this to happen. And you see, you know, people like Tim uh, with organizations like Downtown Dartmouth kind of putting that kind of muscle behind pushing these kinds of ideas? Yeah, exactly. And and I think, as is so often the case, innovation sort of comes from those entrepreneurs, right? There's a there's a little bit of a, a reputation in Halifax, and I'm sure in other maritime cities as well, that we're, we tend to be sometimes behind, behind the eight ball a little bit on big progressive policies. Um, so, you know, Tim and others have, have sort of said, you know, this could be our opportunity to really, you know, jump to the forefront and really make some, some bold changes. And, and like you say, that's so often pushed by the entrepreneurs and the, and the business people in cities. Well, Trevor, let's, uh, let's bring, um, let's go over to the Halifax side briefly and uh, introduce us to Paul McKinnon from downtown Halifax. Yeah. And, and what Paul has to say, it really ties into what we're talking about. So Paul McKinnon is the CEO of downtown Halifax, which is very similar to downtown Dartmouth. It's a business improvement district. Their whole thing is trying to promote downtown Halifax as a, as a destination and promote the businesses sort of within their little district. Um, Paul, uh, Paul talks a lot about how, pedestrian friendly cities are are really going to be the future and are already starting to become the future um i i will i won't take paul's words away from him so why don't we just listen to paul now and uh we can come back in and i'll kind of give a little bit more context there there's always going to be a place for cars in the downtown uh, but we know that the progressive cities the world over are, are trying to create spaces that people just want to be that just feel comfortable you know especially because we and this is always the case. We we feel at home. We need to make so much room for cars. But when you ask someone, you know, what are your favorite cities? What are the what are the cities that you want to visit? Right? Typically, it, it, they're all cities that that have gone to great measures to either bring back great pedestrian spaces or, in some cases, never lost them. So we know that that's the future of downtown anyway. I think there's there's a little bit of opportunism, uh, maybe good opportunism right now to say, hey, we know we're going in this direction now. Maybe it's it's a chance for us to make some some pretty bold wide sweeping changes uh, now 
and and hopefully what we'll find is that we uh, you know we love it. So Trevor, I mean, Halifax is you know it's like you know it's like any any community, right? The changes changes slow. Um, you know, bureaucracies don't necessarily move very fast with implementing change. Are, are you feeling Are you feeling Paul's uh, optimism yourself? Yeah, and Paul didn't talk about this specifically uh, in the clip we just played, but he he pointed to a very specific thing that happened early on in COVID nineteen as as kind of evidence that we could be seeing some rapid changes. One one of the things that the provincial government did. Uh, shortly after businesses had to shut down because of COVID-19, so basically relaxed the rules and allowed restaurants to start selling alcohol with their takeout orders. And uh, I, I, Paul pointed out that, you know, a year ago, something like that would have been seen as just absolutely impossible, unheard of. You'll never, ever, ever get that to happen in a place like Halifax with our, you know, provincially regulated alcohol uh, body and all that kind of stuff. And then lo and behold, they made the change. They made it quickly and it, it worked really well. And Paul's argument is like, you know, look what happened with this. It, it's actually not that hard to make some of these changes uh, because we've just done it and it's worked. And and I think it's that kind of optimism that we're seeing a lot from people like Paul right now. You know, if it can work in this one case, why can't it work with, you know, shutting down Spring Garden Road completely or, you know, uh, getting a lot more cars out of the city. It's it's kind of like a, a big wide open sandbox for a lot of these people to kind of discuss ideas that might actually happen. It's it's a pretty exciting time. No, it is for sure. And I know um, it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we make some of these, these things work in, in some of our kind of denser old, old downtowns. Cause I think, um, you know, it's funny that St. John and Halifax, uh, share a lot in common in that way. Like we're, you know, both, both very, very old cities. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of the, the founding cities of the Maritimes in that way with Halifax and Nova Scotia and, and St. John in, uh, in New Brunswick. And so a lot of, so a lot, there are downtowns, uh, especially on, you know, with on the Halifax side and, and in St. John here still have a lot of, uh, narrow streets, uh, still have, uh, you know, very, very old uh, buildings um, from, you know, from the, you know, the 19th century. And so it's interesting to see us try to, you know, do things around, you know, street closures, um, you know, try and make it more bike friendly, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to come up as too much of a, as of a, you know, like pedestrian all the way booster here, but, you know, this is the case for Halifax, and I'm sure it's the case for St. John too. These cities were originally designed, you know, primarily for pedestrians, and then we kind of, as we became a, a society of cars, forced cars into them in a lot of ways. And so, it, you know, were we to kind of pull back cars in our downtown cities, it it it's would almost be like kind of going back to more of what these old cities were intended for. And I've heard that argument a couple times. Of course, you know, it's a different society now. We do still have to worry about things like people being able to get downtown to park, to load their stores and all that. But I think uh, there, there's definitely an appetite here to return to the very pedestrian focused kind of area areas of our cities. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. So I think about it because, we, yeah, Trevor, one of the things that drives um, a lot of people to distraction coming into uh, Upsound St. John is in the uptown core it's full of one-way streets, oh, so yeah. people, 
so people who drive in here, I'm constantly you, like you, you can't just like go to, you know, Google Maps and, and, you know, and find my street address and think that there's a fairly straightforward way to coming to my house. <laughs> um, usually people arrive 20 minutes after uh, I think they're going to arrive. And it's because they've been like circling one way streets in the uptown. But, but, uh, you know, a lot of it is because it, it, it is not, it is a core that was developed in, in the 19th century. The streets are somewhat narrow. Um, but we allow, you know, uh, parking on those streets and it'd be impossible to make some of them, uh, two way, but, but, you know, to that point, that is a very good one is at one point, the biggest obstruction was like, you know, uh, a horse drawn buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, I don't know if anyone's going to advocate for going back to the days of horse drawn buggies though. That's a, that's, that's quite a leap. Well, as long as they clean up after their horses, I'm <laughs> right? fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that's that, that that that's a really good point. And you know, and and Trevor, I think that's really the crux of this conversation, right? That we're having here is over the last, you know, uh, put your date on it. The post World War II, um, we've suburban, we created suburban areas, we created mall areas. Uh, those areas are very parking friendly. They're very car friendly, right? We still have these vast parking lots at shopping malls. And, and I like to kid my wife cause she's, you know, we're big uptown people, but she's always trying to get me to, you know, in a vast open parking lot at a mall park as close to the door as possible. <laughs> of course. And, you know, and I always tease her about this, but it, it is our instinct around, you know, our car cultures. And so, and as, you know, as somebody who's now 51 years old, um, and moved back into uptown St. John uh, around 20 years ago when that, that, um, that suburban ethic was still really, really powerful and really strong. Like it was, if you were trying to build a business in the uptown core, uh, you faced big challenges, right? Because you, you had, you know, box stores and you had restaurants, uh, in those suburb, in those suburban areas and those mall areas where it was really super easy to park quite honestly. Right. And, you know, I've, we've seen it, you've seen it happen in Halifax and you've seen it through the growth of Dartmouth. We've seen it in Fredericton and Moncton. Um, there is this kind of renewed appetite in the last, and I've seen it really strong since I moved back here uh, 20 years ago towards uptown and downtown living. Uh, I always have to remind myself, Trevor, to not just use the word uptown, uh, <laughs> and not just uptown living, but in enjoying the amenities and, so what I what I honestly think you're actually seeing is I hope uh, a growing patience, right? So for the people who had grown used to being able to you know park right in front of where they were going to eat or where they were going to shop, that were willing to to trade that uh, in 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 a lot of cases for you know something that is a little bit more pedestrian friendly. Um, that, you know, maybe you do have to park your car and, and, and walk into that zone where you're, you're going to eat, but that, you know, people are going to be more accepting of that. Yeah. It's a really good point too, Mark, because going back to what Paul said a little bit, he talks about, you know, the, the cities that everyone sort of points out as their absolute favorite cities in the world, all tend to be cities that are very, very pedestrian friendly, right? Like those, you know, we think of the Amsterdams and, and places like this. And if, if those are people's favorite cities, and those are also cities where you might have to walk 10 or 20 minutes to, to get to your restaurant, it seems like 
once you have, once you sort of see what that's like, people are willing to make that trade off. Um, so, and I don't see any reason why people wouldn't be able to make the same trade off here, here in our cities too. And maybe it's just a matter of kind of going forward and, and making those changes and, and letting people adapt. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think people would be willing to, to, to walk 20 minutes if, if they couldn't drive right up to the restaurant in St. John, for example? I think so. Yeah. Well, because I think because I think actually what we're I think what we're seeing is actually, you know, a shift. And and quite honestly, to um, Trevor, I think one of, you know, and I, I would probably mimic your experience too, living in, in Halifax and and Dartmouth. Um, uh, honestly, um, you don't have to park very far from anywhere here in St. John. I, I mean, I, 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 uh, I tease I tease my wife, but it, it's true of a lot of people who I think, you know, at one time, you know, because we live in small communities, whether you live in a suburb of Halifax or whether you live downtown, truthfully, none of our, none of our, our commutes are very long. And that, that's true of driving if you go to work. Um, you know, I might hear a little bit of pushback in Halifax on that. The New Brunswick <laughs> cities may be a little bit easier in that respect, for sure. Uh, they are smaller, right? Like we're, we are talking about cities like St. John that's 70,000, like Fredericton that's 60 and change, you know, depending on where you draw the boundaries, how you see that city. Uh, Moncton, same thing. It's the biggest city, but really it's only relatively, you know, larger than, you know, than St. John and, and, and Moncton. Uh, none of us have far to drive. Um, if some of us want to go to our favorite restaurant downtown or uptown, we honestly don't have to really park that far away. And I think it's honest. I think Trevor, it's something we should really appreciate in that sense, because in, when I lived in Toronto, I, you know, and this is not a criticism because I actually adore Toronto. I, and I, and I love big cities, um, is, you know, I always knew that when I went out to a cool restaurant, that unless I happened to live right downtown or the restaurant was just down the street, I was always often in for a subway ride or, you know, a 45 minute walk. Uh, and honestly, it didn't really bother me when I lived there and I adjusted fine. And, um, you know, my feeling is, is that, uh, if some of these changes that we're looking at, uh, happen and they're happening during COVID-19 take root, I got, I just had this feeling like people's behavior is going to change even more. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think, you know, once we have spaces like that, where you do end up having to commute a lot further, not in your car, but, you know, by bus or public transit to, to get to these places, we'll see also public transit kind of catch up to that too. Because that is another another aspect of this too, right? Is that it's great to, you know, get people out walking, but uh, there are some people who who can't walk, right? Or have mobility issues. So it's it's another thing we have to take into consideration when we talk about this stuff. But generally speaking, tr- you know, transit, public transit will catch up once, once it becomes a, a, a necessity for people. And, you know, that's another exciting Another exciting thing to think about when we think about uh, making cities less vehicle heavy and more pedestrian friendly is that we also get better public transit coming out of that as well, which I think most people are in favor of. And, you know, and to uh, the other thing too, uh, Trevor, because we can put our, you know, our, our, uh, our urban uh, bias uh, <laughs> on full display here. Um I mean, you, you live, uh, in downtown Dartmouth, uh, you know, very, very close to, you know, great restaurants, the waterfront, uh, natural amenities. Uh, I live in uptown St. John. I mean, I, I joke with friends because my, 
my life in Uptown St. John doesn't look that unlike my life in 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 downtown Toronto, uh, apart from the fact that I can't go to, you know, a major league baseball game or a hockey game or something, because within five minutes of where I live, uh, you know, our brew pubs, restaurants, um, you know, small grocers, uh, and, you know, in the city market, um, I, it takes me five minutes, uh, to walk to work, uh, two minutes by bike, uh, in terms of my biases, where where it, and you know, and, and in terms of anybody who wants these city city centers, you know, uh, grow, uh, is more people li- actually living there, uh, so that it's not a matter of of driving in from an outlying community to park and go to a restaurant. It's it'll be seeing the residential cores grow more, and I know, you know, from uh, a young person's point of view, uh, there's a lot of appeal to that. Uh, you know, living in that kind of vibrant downtown, but also to your point around mobility issues, uh, uptown St. John, for example, is a great place for somebody who's older uh, to live. And and to be honest, honest with you, and this is a conversation for a whole other podcast, um, most of the residential growth in uptown St. John are boomers who are actually tired of uh, living in the suburbs. And, you know, it's, and it's not like an en masse movement. They're still, you know, the suburbs of St. John are still very strong, but mm-hmm. there's a subset of people that are selling their homes and moving into, you know, renovated, really nice, uh, old style, 19th century style apartments in uptown and being able to, you know, either they're either retired or they're late stage in their careers. And they're kind of enjoying kind of living in an uptown apartment and going to a nice restaurant. And I know that, you know, there's, there's a, a handful of, of complexes in the city center that are uh, catered toward, um, you know, uh, older, older St. Johners. And we have a very strong pedway system that cuts right through the uptown that if you're a senior is really great in this, in, in the wintertime, you're able to stay inside essentially and go to restaurants, go to the library, go to the museum, go to the city market. Uh, and so I, it makes me Trevor think of the opportunity to, to kind of grow the residential in our course. Mark, you're, uh, you're definitely selling me on St. John as a city. Now I'm, I'm coming around a little bit of your, to your <laughs> fog infested city over there. It's it's my pivot, Trevor. Is like I really I really have to recover from that early part of the podcast. Yeah, and you're gonna I, you're gonna get some angry emails for sure on on that one. Well, I still hope people are still like they're still listening to us, Trevor. So they've seen me recover nicely and do a nice <laughs> sales job on St. John. But you know, I, I, I obviously um, this is where we live. But uh, you know, I think the same is is the same trends are happening in in other uh, in other parts of the Maritimes, especially urban. Uh, the urban the urban centers around around our older populations that that don't you know want to own homes and get in their cars anymore all the time so uh, so I think that's also an encouraging uh, encouraging part of this yeah and and uh, you see this happening in Halifax too where we have you know new condo developments going up in the downtown core uh, and and they don't even have parking for all of their all of their units right so it's this sort of acceptance that there are going to be people who just want to live in that urban downtown environment who don't want to drive anywhere, who want to walk to everything they do and, you know, maybe rent a car from a car share if they have to go out of the city. So, and it's cool to hear you talk about the sort of boomer migration into into the urban center of uptown St. John as well, because it's something I often think of as a very young person kind of thing. But it's cool to think that it's it's not just, you know, millennials in my generation, but but you know, folks from 
all kinds of stages of their life. It's, it's neat to think about. Yeah, no, and and I think we're de- we're definitely onto a conversation that we're definitely going to have to par- have a part two of around our <laughs> our uptowns. And uh, uh, I say that partly because I've paid, you know, I, our listeners have been very patient to us so far, Trevor. But you know, another point I'd make around that that I think is a really important one here is that that the downtowns in the Maritimes for the past forty years have been places largely for 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 young people. And, and at some stage in, in a young person's life, and it usually happens around when they get married and start to have kids, they leave the uptown for the suburbs and bigger properties and, and, and suburban schools. And, and I, again, I, I grew up that way, so I, I don't want to criticize that because there was, you know, great things about the way I grew up uh, in the suburbs of, of St. John. But, um, the, in the last 20 years, there's been this movement back towards, you know, largely the boomers um, settling back in here. And I know like my wife, Janet and I, we, we raised our kids in, in the city center, but we'd be a rarity. Um, we we're starting to see now the boomers come back. Um, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, young families start to settle in, in, in the city centers so that they become those kind of you know, complex, you know, all stages of life, you know, style communities. So that it wasn't so compartmentalized of, you know, when I'm this age, I live in this kind of place. And then, you know, when I have a family, I live in this kind of place. And, you know, so, and I think that's kind of where our, our uptowns and our downtowns uh, may be headed, hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully uh, for this conversation, we have it completely, uh, completely, uh, alienated all of our rural maritime listeners because <laughs> we are <laughs> we are going all in on city living on this episode of Home Office for yeah. sure. You know, kind kind of Trevor, and I, you know, I know we need to wrap up our conversation, but it's kind of it kind of is that, but it's kind of not, you know, because what what I think we all love about, and I've always thought thought of this, what we all love about uh, downtowns and cities is that sense of intimacy and that sense of life. And in some ways, I've actually, Trevor, compared it to, to, to small town living because if you live in, you know, a small uh, maritime town and, you know, I think of, you know, really cool places outside um, St. John, like, like Gagetown, uh, you essentially can, you know, live your life within a few square blocks. and you know, whether it's shopping for stuff, going to a restaurant, um, you know, and I think I'm sure you can think of like tons of small Nova Scotia towns like this. I honestly actually think in some ways it's the opposite. In some ways, I think we're trying to create a, recreate a sense of intimacy and, and street level life that, you know, still actually kind of exists in a lot of like small maritime towns. Oh yeah. That's actually a really good point, Mark, because one thing that people often say about downtown Dartmouth, where I live, is that it feels like a small town uh, inside of a bigger city. And that's why most of us who live here like it, because it it definitely has that small town feel where you do know your neighbors uh, and you recognize most of the people on the street. But of course, we also just have the luxury of being really close to the, you know, the city in Halifax. You know, absolutely. And same same as the case, uh, you know, for, for me, definitely here in, in St. John. But, but again, going back to that, even if you don't, like choose to live in, in the downtowns, Trevor, it's like, you're really, it's like going back to it. We're not, nobody's very far from them. So we don't, we're not like, you know, sitting in, you know, you know, somewhere outside Toronto and needing to get into the core to a good restaurant. Like, you know, we're, 
we're really close to everything here. So um, we kind of do it. I mean, I know it sounds like uh, an out for me <laughs> in terms of like insulting a broad listenership. Uh, but uh, but I, we're all not very far away from this. Well, and, and as my, you know, as my parents will often remind me whenever I go to visit them in the Annapolis Valley, it's like, I go there when I want to go outside and sit on a patio for, for eight hours and not have to spend $30 on a beer. So there is definitely a, there's definitely a lot of benefits to living in small towns that we don't get in the city either. Well, on that, on that note, Trevor, uh, I got to get back to my cottage. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your river. Enjoy your beautiful <laughs> scenery you have out there, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy that view of your parking lot. You know, it's a great parking lot as far as parking lots go. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Well, I think we we kind of opened up lots of areas of conversation that I'm I'm quite certain you and I are gonna gonna return to. But uh, you know, thanks a lot for having this chat with me. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, great conversation. I look forward to doing it more in the future. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. You've been listening to episode seven of Huddle Home Office, and thank you very much for tuning in. And thank you, Trevor, for the great chat. And thanks, Tim. And thanks, Paul, for contributing your thoughts. Um, you can find uh, Huddle Home Office. Just search Huddle Home Office on your favorite podcast platform on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. And uh, Trevor and other Huddle uh, reporters have written quite a lot about, um, you know, the 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 restarting of businesses coming out of COVID-19 and, and the issues that we talked about on today's podcast. And you can find links to some of those stories on, uh, on the Huddle site itself. And just go to the Huddle homepage at huddle.today and look for the menu button uh, podcast uh, at the top of the page. Click on that and you will find uh, links uh, to to a story on this podcast and also uh, stories on previous podcasts because if uh, this is the first one you're listening to you should go back and listen to the last six and uh, we uh, hope to talk to you again next week and uh, huddle home office is produced by me mark legere sharice letson and tyler mclean and we will talk to you next week <laughs>